Okay. Um, so there, let's get right into it. I, w- I want everything to. I want the show to be the show. I want everything we talk about to be in the show. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just everything we talk about will be in the show. So I forget how to actually open this up. Um, then just make it up. Just make it up. Uh, welcome to whatever this is, the podcast where two guys sit down and try and discover, you know, whatever this is. My name is Kyle, and I'm talking with Grant. Hello. And we are here because of why? What are we doing? Why? Why are we doing this? I don't know. I feel like this podcast has become a once a quarter endeavor, but that's fun for me. And I felt it had been too long since we had talked with each other, and I forced you at gunpoint to actually come onto the show. No, you're just like, how about Monday? I'm like, I'm not doing anything. It's you, Labor Day, man. If Whatever. You, if you would have said, how about, if you would have said, how about any day? I would have been like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Hey, how about? Uh, how about that wedding you're supposed to go to? I'm not going to be doing anything there. I'll just steal to the back. I can't even. Do a quick ma- I can't imagine uh, any of my friends getting married. They're all married, basically. And anybody left, I don't uh, like you, old maid. You know. Yeah, I'm gonna die alone. No one likes me. Um, we have. I have some stuff I want to talk about. There's actually been stuff I've been watching. Weirdly enough, I. I Last time I think I talked, I told you I had not really watched anything at all. I just didn't have time anymore. And now over like the last month, I've been doing nothing but that. So uh, I guess it's uh, it's good at its time as any to like delve into it. However, I think one thing we do have to talk about first is this huge old summer movie wager. And I think this is like the third year in a row where I have, again, lost. Undefeated. Uh, unless somehow... Uh, Hobbs and Shaw makes $25 million tonight, <laughs> which I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but I guess weirder things have. Uh, it looks like you are going to win at 59 points versus my 55, if I did my math correctly. Something like that, anyways. Uh, how do you feel? Winner, winner, chicken dinner over here. Well, it's funny because I think the only year that I really put an effort into it was the first year, maybe. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then everything you just like winged it. Yep. Let's see what let's see what we said here again. Again, if you are unfamiliar with the summer movie wager, this is something I completely ripped off from the slash film cast, who completely ripped it off from the totally rad show, who completely ripped it off of another podcast I've forgotten the name. Well, of. The, and well, there's also you know there was a fantasy box office for years on Yahoo. So. Right. Yeah. This is not 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 necessarily a unique thing. Uh, there's a special way to score points. Like you get more if you get them directly on. The number that you say there's less points if it's like one off and then two off or if they're just anywhere on the list uh, my phone is having a lot of issues one second here as i open it up finally okay so i want to go over what what do you think is more interesting should we say what the actual box office has been or should we look at our lists first oh i gotta pull up my list don't i well i have it in front of me but yeah maybe you should um, let's no, do this. Let's let's do what the actual box office was. We'll go from ten to number one of what the actual box office is. And this is always the thing: is that once you uh, hear it and see it, it's like, well, of course, yeah, of course, that's what it's going to be. Well, the, the, but the, at the beginning the, of the summer, it's hard to figure out. There is one big mistake, and I told you this. I think four or five days afterwards, there's one big mistake that I made, and I was very upset that I made it, and it was because I had nostalgia issues. Mm. So we'll see. 
I had uh, apparently racist issues because I thought that I did not even include a movie that was in the top five that I was like, there's no way people are going to go and watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And I was completely wrong. This <laughs> like completely, completely wrong. Don't, but the basic, the, the gist of this is don't bet against Disney because they have the top five spots. It's all Disney all the way down. Uh, our new overlords, I hope will, will protect us and, and shelter us. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about that as we go forward. Anyways, here's the top 10. From 10 to number one, we have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood coming in at number 10. Mm-hmm. At number nine, we have Detective Pikachu. Remember that movie, Detective Pikachu? <laughs> number eight, Secret Life of Pets 2. Number seven was Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Number six was John Wick 3. Parabellum is that the subtitle? I yep. think that's what it is. Uh, John Wick, fi- cha- Chapter Three, Parabellum. Yeah, that's there the you go. Title. Full title. Uh, number five was Aladdin. Number four was Spider Man: Far From Home. Number three was Toy Story Four. Number two was The Lion King, and of course, coming up at number one was Avengers Endgame, which, unless you were completely blind, you kind of knew going in that that's what it was going to be. So interestingly enough, uh, I remember when we were doing this. We each picked the same three films to be our top three. So we both made and lost the same amount of points that way. So we both thought Avengers Endgame was going to be number one. We both thought that uh, Toy Story 4 was going to be number two. And we ended up um, not being correct (laughs) with that Toy Story 4. Because Lion King actually made more than it. Uh, And then Spider-Man 3. Uh, sorry, sorry, Spider-Man 2 was down at number fourth, not the third position. So Lion King kind of uh, both surprises a little bit. Why do you think that is? Well, no, and that's that's my mistake. But when I when I put it, I had Aladdin uh, way high, and I should have done that. And I had a, a Lion King lower than I should have, and that was my nostalgia mistake because I really love Aladdin. I remember singing it as a kid, and I know all the words to all the songs. I know some of the words to Lion King, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, the nostalgia got me there. And that was well, my trap. And I, I think I, it, it made sense that it should be, I should have put it third. I wouldn't have put it second, but I should have put it third, I think. Let's see. Where did where did I put uh, where did I put Lion King? Lion King, I said, was going to be number five. That's what I thought it was going to end up at. That's I thought it was going to be definitely uh, a solid, solid entry into it. I thought it was going to make lots of money. It's just like, because I just know how many people love the Lion King. I, I, I love the Lion King, too. I love the original um, Japanese version. No, I love the original Disney version a lot, and I guess here's a thing that keeps biting me. I just never think, even though history has proven me wrong, I just never think that the quote-unquote live action, or let's just call them the updated versions of these Disney films are going to do any good, and they continually do really, really well. So maybe I should just stop thinking it, because I didn't even put Aladdin on my list. I honestly believed at the beginning of the summer that Aladdin was going to bomb. Uh, I didn't think there'd be that love of it. I didn't think it would just make as much money as it did, but it packed in the money. Well, when the fact that it's five is the week after we picked, I would have redone my list and put Aladdin maybe at eight. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think yeah, that's I where did, my brain would have put it. But yeah, I, I like I, I remember going back and forth. I th- was thinking of maybe even putting Aladdin at number ten. I was like maybe it'll get enough to to go over it. Um, but man, yeah, no, it just it packed in the money, man. Um, I think. Uh, do, you, do you think there will be a time where one of these films gets released and it just doesn't do very well? Well, now I guess I guess Dumbo didn't do very well, but do you think another one wouldn't? 
Well, the question is, what are you going to qualify that as? Because people are saying yeah, Maleficent yeah. might Le- Maleficent Two might be the bomb, but now are you saying is that a remake? Is that a sequel? Is it a sequel? Is it a what quel? You don't know. Yeah, what so, do you even call it anymore? Yeah. And then how do you how do you gauge the stuff that's going to go up on this like Disney Plus, um, you know, service? Because I know Lady and the Tramp is going to debut there. I don't think people are going to rush out and would have watched that movie in theaters. But who who knows? I said the same thing about Aladdin was proven wrong. Well, I always say kids movies impossible to predict. And now you have yeah. we were talking about we were adding this to the thing where now you have kids movies plus your parents or your uh, you know older brothers kids movies are forcing, you know, now you're getting all these things coming in where you got to go see this movie because I liked it when I was a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of weird shit combinations, you know, slamming together that are going to make picking these even harder in the future. Yeah, and there's a bunch of things I want to say about that, but I mean, I, I, it's amazing that I was as close as I was, like only being five points off, because I mean, uh, I included Ben in Black, I included Godzilla 2, I think you included Godzilla 2 as well, you did, on your list. Those didn't show up in the top ten at all, both of those were pretty weak, they underperformed, definitely, but... Uh, I mean, I didn't include Aladdin on my list. I did not include Secret Life of Pets 2 on my list. And I still was only five points away. So I guess I was just better at getting them closer to where they were actually going to be. Which I think that was the case last year, too. Yeah, like I only, I, the only reason I was staying in it was because I was getting them closer to where they actually appeared on the list versus you actually getting more of the right answers. Uh,. So my 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 big thing here. What was I gonna say? There's something I was gonna be bringing up here. Um, Men in Black. Oh, the fun but, thing about Men in Black. You know what I yeah. saw in theaters? <laughs> Did you see Men in Black? Ask me what I remember from that movie. What do you remember from Men in Black? I honestly, I honestly don't remember a thing. I forgot that I saw it. How many of these did you actually see? Oh, I I just segued away from my list here. Let's see here. I saw Endgame, Spider Man. John Wick. Hmm. I saw Endgame. I saw Toy Story 4. I saw Spider-Man. Detective Pikachu and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Those are the five that I saw. Did not go and see The Lion King or Aladdin. I refused to. Uh, and I haven't seen any John Wick movies, so I probably should get on that at some point because they're going to be making like two more by the sounds of it. Um, and Detective Pikachu was wild. That is a wild, weird, dumb movie, but man... I did go and see that in the theater. And, and uh, yeah, I'm never going to see it. <laughs> uh, you don't need to. Honestly, you, you don't need to. Well, no, the, re- has... the, the reason is, is how's a white man the father of a black child? Oh, uh, they kind of explain it. I'm kidding. And... That was a, that, obviously, that's not a real question. Did you, hear well, about, did you hear about Alabama, what they did today? No, what did they do? Well, did I don't they know. ban Pokemon? No, they um they uh, uh a wedding was canceled. Wedding reception was canceled because it was a um interracial couple. Oh my god. <laughs> well, you know, every time I think we get a step forward, then Alabama gets to come to the plate and be like, "Hey, remember us?" Well, I think it was Alabama, but I mean, that's a safe guess, right? I mean, it's either going to be that or Arkansas. Anyways, uh I don't know. Like, I, how are you feeling overall? I guess what I was going to bring up about this whole box office thing, I'm toying with the idea because, of course, I hate free time of creating yet another podcast because I got inspired. And what would, it, would, it, would it be is throughout the year, let's say, whatever, uh, uh, we'll say 1977. We're picking the year 1977. And then the podcast would be going through each week 
of that year and talking about what was going on culturally, what movies came out, and how does that inform us now? How did it form that time back then? And uh, you should, at some point, go and check out the 70s and at least like the first half of the 70s, actually the entire decade, honestly, and look at what each year's number one movie was. And it is bonkers. It is bonkers. Just as a, this is a quick question. I know this is out. There's no way you're going to be able to answer well, this. Well, th- that was the, you, that was the decade that they transitioned. Like yes, the it was definitely the transition transition from like new from like old Hollywood to new Hollywood, and like TV had fully uh, taken like a stranglehold, and so films were like being like provocative and trying to bring that type of audience into it. Um, and then basically Star Wars and, and uh, uh, J- sorry, Jaws and Star Wars uh, essentially brought in this entire idea of like the um, blockbuster blockbuster film. Anyways, do you want to know what the number one film in 1979 was? Do you want to take a wild guess? Uh, Animal House. No, it was Kramer versus Kramer. I made what? 52 million maybe at most. No, no, this is the wild thing. It made a hundred and like fifty or hundred and sixty million dollars. There's no way that any movie of that is Kramer versus Kramer would make more than a hundred million dollars in this day and age ever. No, I'm not. It's like, oh, want to go and see that uh, that drama with with Meryl Streep in it that is about divorce? Yeah, that sounds like a great time at the cinema. Here's hundred and fifty million dollars to put that in perspective. If you go and do the um, inflation calculator it made like just under we're talking like just a few million dollars under what spider-man far from home made this year that's fucked up that is so wild to me that that movie made so much goddamn money (laughs) then there's no reason why it should yeah just to take a look at this let me just do this little imagine imagine how depressed that year must have been for people this is what we're gonna do (laughs) like people had to go see that movie more than once yeah, like this is like oh, I'm going to go and see it again. I ha- I have to, man. Oh man, have you seen that Kramer versus Kramer? Here is like some of these make sense, right? But here is the top ten from 1979. Okay, I'll go from ten to number one. Number ten, The Muppet Movie. That's respectable. Number nine, Moonraker. All right, you know James Bond getting along in the tooth. But then we go The Jerk. Number seven, ten. Do you remember? See, do you know what the movie Ten is? See, see, uh, the jerk could probably be like a Hangover type movie now, coming in with yeah. one hundred and sixty out of nowhere. Wow. Ten is the the Bo Derek movie where she yeah. comes out of the waves and stuff like that. Alien got was at number six. Star Trek: The Motion Picture was five. Apocalypse Now, Rocky Two, and then the top two were the Amityville Horror and then Kramer versus Kramer with one hundred and six million dollars it How? grossed. So Alien. Mm-hmm. So is low down that list when you would think that the uh, the Star Wars like flow would kind of push you to see a, an outer space movie. Yeah, and it didn't. Yeah, not no not at all. Basically, what they wanted to watch was like boxing movies, horror, and like divorce pictures. Like it just is so weird. Like even if you go to like uh, seventy eight, like some of these, like here's here's the here's the top ten from nineteen seventy eight, just the year before we have. From number 10 to number 1, Halloween, The Deer Hunter, Revenge of the Pink Panther, Jaws 2, Hooper, which I don't even know what that is, Heaven Can Wait, Every Way Which Way But Loose, Animal House, Superman, and Grease was the number one movie in 1978. It did make more than Spider-Man did in this, like, 159 million bucks in 1978. Hooper was a Burt Reynolds car movie. Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. 
Um, but man, like you go through some of these, right? Like, uh, which which year is it? There's like, oh yes, okay. So 1976. Here's a great one. 1976. I'll say this right now. Most of these I do like the top, the bottom five. I have no idea. Uh, Midway, The Enforcer, Silver Streak, King Kong, the remake of King Kong. Uh, In Search of Noah's Ark is number six. What? The Omen. Wait, what? What is that? In In Search of Noah's Ark. I've never heard of that ever. No. Like you but, say, generally, if you say a movie, I'm going to recognize it maybe, or at yeah. least realize that that could exist. I, this is baffling. I know. The Omen, All the President's Men, A Star is Born. It's one of the many remakes. Uh, number two is To Fly, which was a documentary that was about the like error and let me just click on it. It's a, is a 1976 documentary film shot in the IMAX format. It follows the history of flight from the first hot air balloons in the 19th century to the 20th century manned space missions. It was the number two highest grossing movie in 1976. That is baffling. And then, and then baffling. Rocky. Rocky was the number one that year. But my God, like what was going on in the 70s that, that these were like the top grossing movies? That but th- that documentary and the search for that is that is something that just doesn't make sense. But I mean, yeah, we're, we're, okay, let's see. In search of Noah's Ark. Oh my God, it's another documentary. And the search of Noah's Ark is a 1976 documentary film released by Sun Classic Pictures that explores the alleged final resting place of Noah's Ark. That's what I would have guessed if you would have been like, here, you have to make a guess, or I'm going to shoot you in the face. That's what I would have guessed, knowing it would be wrong. How? How many more years do you think we'd have to go before a documentary was in the top 10 domestic box office? Well, what about March of the Penguins? What was that? I don't know. But I don't think it was in the top 10. Let's just take a look. March of the Penguins. It probably made some bank, but let's see what it made. I think it was in the top 10. Production. 127 million dollars. I think it was. All right, that's not nothing. Oh, we're talking global box office or what? I don't know if that's a global. Anyways, that's not nothing. It made it's made some money. Um, I mean, anyways, the 70s were a weird time, is what I'm trying to say. It's just wild to me that nowadays, like, you're not you're not getting in the top 10 of the year unless you are a big blockbuster movie or you're one of those like comedies that just hit randomly. Um, and, uh, and are able to kind of raise above it. Like, no, but you're not, you're just, you can't just make a, a straight drama. I don't think anymore and get that, or at least it doesn't seem that way. I think more people are inclined to be like, I'm going to wait for that to hit Netflix before I'm going to go and pay money in the theater. I think we're, we're nearing a spot where, because every week now, every, or every month now, there's a surprise movie that slides into the top two or three of the weekend box office. It's normally religious. So I think we're, yeah, no, getting, we're getting to a point where I think in the next couple of years, especially if the country keeps going the way it's going, I think there's going to be a high likelihood that we're going to see, you know, Kevin Sorbo is in the top five of the year for the box office somehow. I don't think you're wrong. Actually, that's a really good guess. I I, I mean, there was that, uh, I think we even talked about this like years ago where both Spielberg and, and George Lucas came out and said that what they foresaw as the future of cinema was something very similar to like uh, Broadway or uh, opera is now, which is like, it's not gone, but it's like a, a fancy affair. Like you only go to see like the, like the big things or the things that you know about. It's not going to be something that you're doing all the time. 
uh, sort of thing. So it's like, I'm yes, I go to the theater to go and watch The Avengers, but I'm going to stay at home and watch uh, like The Irishman when it comes out and it's three and a half hours on Netflix next month. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go and see something that's middle of the road. And I can um, I think I, I that that's an interesting take I, because I think as people stay at home, uh, uh, people are more likely to go and see some of those films that they are not as representative. Basically, what I'm trying to say is I need to see uh, a Dog's Way Home three. Um, I don't know what Heaven Boogaloo. I don't know a a, a dog finding heaven. There's a it basically writes itself. My yeah my uh, my mom and I saw that first one of that the dog and I cried the dog movie. Yeah. You did not. I did. Come Why? On. Come on, seriously, dogs you know dying and resurrecting and finding their owner. How am I not going to? I mean, I'm sure. Yes, you pure, do. It was pure garbage, but I guess you have you do have that tattoo of Milo and Otis on your on your back. This, Tastefully, it's on your back. This person posted a picture the other day on Instagram and said, "This is Marley." A picture of a dog, golden retriever. And I'm like, what the fuck are you naming your dog Marley for? Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Did you not see the movie? Did you not read the book? When when the dog dies, I'm just going to say, told you. I told you. It's going to happen. Um, talking about international, I think it's getting more and more interesting to see the tastes of, I guess, North America versus the quote-unquote international audience. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest one here is... If you look at like John Wick and then Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, which I know you already know this, but like domestically, John Wick made more money. Yeah, it made about uh, well, not like not a huge amount, but about ten million dollars more. Probably by the end of this weekend, five million dollars more. But if we look like internationally, John Wick brought in three hundred twenty-one million dollars uh, around the globe. Uh, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw has made six hundred and eighty-four million dollars, more than doubled it, mm-hmm. and it's probably gonna, it probably will hit a billion dollars. I'm gonna guess when it's all said and done. And it's amazing because I've read so many articles and so many tweets about people saying that Hobbs and Shaw was a disappointment. It's done this. They got to bring in people to save it now. I'm like, what are you talking about? This was made yeah, not made for so us. Much- it wasn't made for us. Yeah, I, I guess that's the the bigger point is that I think. I think we're in this really weird time. Like you're talking about more uh, religious stuff being made for theater for uh, use for going to the theater. But I also see this as being the other big thing of, of Hollywood trying to cater to a foreign market more than a domestic market. And I know people get upset by certain things that happen, but it's like, this is what, this is what they want. I mean, and not to paint like with too broad a stroke, but, like the people in China who are going to see movies are not really going there to be like, I really want like intricate character work and like stakes being given to me. It's like, no, I just want stuff blowing up and like huge spectacle because that's what their industry has been all about for like the past 30 years. Well, yeah. And they're like, it would be really nice to not think about how oppressed I am and how my people are being right. put in prison for no reason for just a weekend. That- that is also true. It's like the escapism, the pure escapism stuff is, is what's wanted. They don't, <laughs> they don't want to go and see their divorce picture like they did in the seventies here in America. <laughs> they they want something that's light and fun. All right, but it's gonna be uh, we gotta break ourselves from this. And I'm really interested in this little fact. Hmm. Within the next seventy five, fifty to seventy five years, we're gonna come across a movie that China's going to make, and it's oh, going sure. to be domestic, huge here. It's coming. Oh yeah, it's gonna happen. And um, 
that's, that's going to be an interesting thing. It's going to be, what is that movie going to be? Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if I'm going to say it would take that long. No, we're going ha- to have a hit here domestically, but I'm saying top three uh, of the year domestic box office oh, of a Chinese film. Of a Chinese actually mm-hmm. made film. Because, I mean, the, the reverse of that, of course, we have... Um, I always mispronounce the name Shang Chi, right from from Marvel, uh, which is starring a, a great actor uh, from Kim's Convenience here in Canada. Uh, big shout out to that show, which I love. And uh, I mean, that is yes, they're doing that in part to cater to a Chinese market as well as the rest of the world and having an all Asian cast. But I think the reverse could happen. I really do think that China will make something that yes, that we over here are going to be like, this is amazing. Uh, you already have a little bit of that with the art house crowd with a lot of Korean cinema, I find. Um, so China has the big bucks. I'm sure they can make something that is just like blows our socks off. And they, they dip their toe in the water with Great Wall. And I'm behind Great Wall. I think it was a good movie. It was exactly, I never saw it, it so it was, I, can't, I can't say. It was escapism. And it wasn't, you know, the great white savior type thing. Uh-huh. It was very believable. And there was a lot more going on than that. But if you look at the trailer, sure, it looks like great white savior stuff. Right and, right, and it doesn't help that you gave Matt Damon long hair to, you know, complete a Christ image. But you know, <laughs> right, but but you do what you have to do. Uh, I'm just I'm just wondering, like, is there <laughs> the the box office? I guess basically went very similar to what we thought. We had most of the right movies, maybe not in the right order. Was there any big surprises though for you at all? Uh, the big surprises for me, no. I think the big surprises really is that. All three, all, all six of our uh, uh, dark horses didn't even even didn't come, close, come right? close, come close at all. You, uh, you did not think that Quentin Tarantino was going uh, to have his movie come to the top certain, ten. I was certain. And why did you? Why were you certain? Because it's uh, it's Quentin Tarantino, and it's um, Hollywood. You know. I just didn't think it was going to hit with anybody. And he's been slowly, like, he's been really weird with the how his movies hit the past four. So, yeah. Well, I mean, so upcoming here. If he, if he makes his Star Trek movie, it'll be number one. Oh, God. That, a is never going to happen. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm calling my shot right now. That movie is never going to happen. There'll what? be another Star Trek movie. It's not going to be written by Quentin Tarantino. How, how amazing would it be if it's written by, you know, Jonathan London? And in 50 years, you find out that's Quentin. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, here are some upcoming movies. I'm just going to talk about the ones that I think uh, have a chance of entering like the yearly top 10. Uh, because, I mean, you take a look at the yearly top 10, not just the summer, and you have stuff like um, uh, uh, Captain Marvel, and you also have, gosh, that second horror movie from Jordan Peele. Uh, Whatever that was called, which I can't us. remember now. Us. Us, yeah. Us is in the top 10 currently. So, I mean, uh, when we look at the entire year, there's other stuff that's that's definitely popping up into there. But, I mean, what do you uh, what do you think about that Joker movie coming out in October? Oh, my God. Exactly what I thought the conversation was going to be about uh-huh. with nerds, not with the world, uh-huh. is what it's right. about. And by nerds, so, I mean, like, the um, uh, social justice nerds that are also movie nerds. Well, yeah, I'm not trying I to feel... say social justice something. I'm just saying like they were to totally hung on to that. Yeah, and it's a I good mean, point. It's a good point. I'm not saying it's not a bad point. But no, we, I think we it's can't, a... we can't hide this though. Well, I mean, I don't want to talk around it. I think that there is absolutely appropriate criticism the level at this movie. I have not seen it yet, so I can't really make a bold claim. I've mm-hmm. seen the trailer of it. 
And yes, I think that there is a, a very fine argument and criticism to be made that this seems like a movie that can be used by not so great people to support a worldview that I myself do not agree with. Well, that 100, percent I am well, I am down with that. Well, what, I'm, what I say by we can't hide this is that I don't think there's a reason why you should stop something from being made because it might inspire anybody. I agree with that. And I mean, we just had this conversation. I mean, we have this conversation constantly, but I mean, it was just last month with another school shooting in the US and then the and Republicans, not to cast them all with a broad brush, but mostly the Republicans uh, and a few Democrats said that, oh, maybe we should blame video games. And there was this huge uproar online that says, no, video games do not cause people to go and shoot people. And I feel like that same argument, though, is being made here by the same people who were laughing at that criticism a month ago, which is like, how ridiculous is it that they're blaming video games on this when it's obviously a gun problem? And here it's like, oh, we should blame this movie for inspiring people to go and enact crazy things when I don't think I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about that. I really, truly believe that, yes, you can take anything and use that to support a corrupted worldview. But I don't think that that this movie is meant to inspire that no. i haven't seen the movie again i don't know but I, I doubt it that that's what's going on but i guess well, I'll, it, I'll say that more when i actually do watch it if this movie came out in you know 1991 no problem like oh man just ripped my uh headphone jack out again how many times How i do that he's he can't hear me at all folks we could say anything right now and he would have no idea what we're saying hello hi there are you oh. still on are you on the phone there we go. I'm back. Hi there. Can I sell you some cookies? Can I what? I, can I sell you some cookies, sir? <laughs> yeah, thanks. I need, I need to go to London. Um, <laughs> I forget. Oh, no. Remember, uh, what's that movie where, the, uh, where uh, uh, Michael Douglas takes the law into his own hands and oh, he goes falling out, down. Falling down. falling down. You could totally yeah. get into that thing, saying that that would have been. It's definitely people. falling down. I mean, I'm, I made this comment online and you totally shut me down although i think most of the time when you shut me down you're you're being funny and i don't catch it quite as quickly as i should um but i'm like this feels very much as a comment especially because they have robert downey robert downey jr oh my god robert de niro is what i meant to say because they have robert de niro in this in a very specific (laughs) role that this is very obviously a comment on king of comedy from scorsese which dealt with a very similar concept so I mean, these types of movies have been made before that have not been latched onto as much as the Joker necessarily, that character, that iconic character. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm with you in that I don't, I can't condemn a movie based on its subject matter. Well, I shouldn't say that. I can condemn a movie based on its subject matter. I just don't think blaming it on the way that others conduct themselves is actually appropriate. And by the way, I was criticizing, uh, not that that is a very salient point that you make that it was clearly he's putting it he's put there to diffuse it and point it out and key into it but uh you just said i wonder how long it's going to take people to catch on the connection and i was like they cut it on from the beginning so that's well, I, yeah, I, mean, I was just being a dick at that yeah right i mean i mean i'm sure the um mad zoller sites or the uh uh oh my god tony the guy who writes for new york magazine uh who i'm blanking on his last name uh, those types of people are gonna, or the AV club, are probably gonna understand that and, and reference it. I just don't know if a joke you public necessarily is gonna see that and be like, "Oh, King of Comedy," you know, that 1980 Scorsese film that nobody talks about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Lighthouse is not gonna make any money, but I cannot wait to see it. No uh, idea what that is. 
Oh, have you seen the trailer, The Black and White, with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see it. it. Looks great. The Irishman, which I'm excited for, but no one is probably going to watch either. The, the fact that they've made, you know, how many movies have they made about this guy now? The Irishman. Who? The Irishman. Oh, I don't. Mm, I don't know. Like, who is the movie? Oh, it's about um, Hoffa, right? Is that basically who it's about? Um, oh, no, oh. sorry, Frank Sheeran, the mobster. Sorry. Yeah. How many have they made uh, about this guy? I thought there's been a bunch. Oh, could be. I don't know. I basically it's a Scorsese mobster film, so I'm kind of down for that. It's kind of my milieu a little bit, but uh, we'll see. And it was um, written by Steven Zalian. Oh, that's I, I love, know. I love yeah. Steven Zalian. Uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, which is the um, Mr. Rogers biopic. I don't think it's going to make a ton of money, but sure, going to get a best actor nomination. Oh, sure. Uh, Bombshell, which is like the Fox News thing, which I feel. Half the country uh, is definitely not going to watch, and the other half is going to be like, "I don't care enough to go and watch a movie about this." Well, I, I don't again, know if you, I don't know if you noticed, but Trump and them are fighting. Who? Those three actresses? Or no, Fox News and Trump are fighting. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're they're not on the best of terms right now. Um, here here is my bold prediction. I don't know if it's necessarily bold. Uh, I think that Cats is going to get a lot of hate watchers, and it's going to make a bunch of money. I'm not going to see it, but it's not because oh, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it opening day, buddy. But I'm not, I cannot I'm not ha- wait to watch that entire thing and be like, that was fucking awful. Yeah, I'm, I'm not hate watching it. I just don't care. That's my. Yeah. I haven't even seen the trailer. I just, I'm like, whatever. Um, I don't think it's going to make, I can hear myself somehow through your microphone. Oh, I, there I'm gone. I think you're going to love it. Yeah. Uh, By oh, the way. Cats, you mean? Yeah, you're going to love it. Oh, maybe. I don't like cats the musical so i can't see me loving cats the movie but i guess i can be proven wrong i'm actually very much looking forward to the little women again not going to make a ton of money i just i'm going to call it right now not going to make a lot of money uh but 1917 might maybe people feel like it's kind of like dunkirk but uh, directed by sam mendes so those are those are the big ones i can see uh, of course, I guess Star Wars is coming out too. So, I mean, it always has a chance. But I feel that maybe more people were upset by the last movie. I don't know. What's your sense on that? Do you think that this next Star Wars will be like, oh my God, like G.J. Abrams is back. I can't wait to see it. Or is like, no, the the bridge was burned. I don't want to go and see that movie at all. Oh, no, they're all going to go see it. <laughs> all of them. It doesn't, you could just apply all those definitions to everything except for the I'm not going to go see it. And they're going to go see it. There are going to be people right. that said, I like the last one. I'm going to go see it just to see how much they screwed it up. I didn't like the last one. I'm going to go see it to see how much J.J. brings it back. You know, I want to see, you know, Boyega. I want to see all those guys. I want to see Ray be bad because Ray's going to be bad. I need you know to see what, who's Ray's parents are. I need to know who Ray's parents are or my entire life will have no meaning. And it better be somebody other than junk garbers, whatever they are. Ha- it has to be a Skywalker because every Star Wars story has to be a Skywalker story. You know? I would love it to be, you know, the, there's a lot of characters, and if they're going to do the uh, Old Republic, they can easily bring an Old Republic character back to be her ancestor. So, yeah, just, did, just I mean, saying. Did, uh, I mean, spoilers coming up possibly for uh, Solo, the Han Solo movie. Did you see that movie? Uh, yeah, of course. Okay, so spoilers for it coming up. You've been warned, but at the end of that, when Darth Maul shows up, I know that a lot of people freaked out about it, and I was just sitting there being like. This is stupid. <laughs> I hated it. I didn't like that movie much at all. But I mean, that point in particular was like, okay, I guess we're, we are just in full crazy land where we're just going to bring everyone back from the dead, I guess. 
Well, no, but uh, he was already back from the dead. I don't care. I don't care. I know that there's all the novels and all these stupid TV shows and all these other extra things. I, here's the thing about Star Wars. I feel like Star Wars is basically what people probably feel like the Marvel Universe, uh, but reverse for me. Like, I am, like, totally in the Marvel Universe, know all, like, the little stupid details, know all the lore about it, and love every little thing about it. Um, and I'm like, ooh, cool, like, they referenced that comic book from 1982 when this happened and with this character, blah, 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 blah. And when that comes to Star Wars and people tell me that, I just, like, glaze over and like, I don't care, dude. Like, just whatever's in the movie's in the movie for me. And if it wasn't in a movie, then it didn't happen. So deal with it this is what i feel like star wars is to everybody it's mine it's fucking mine no matter what you say it's mine so go away you can have your star wars but i don't want to hear about it just i want to have mine you stupid sjw cuck yeah so that's basically i think that's what star wars is and i think that's what the mcu is everybody's just like it's mine and they just choose to ignore a lot of stuff I mean, I guess that's that's true to an extent, right? I mean, like, I feel very protective of Spider-Man for some weird reason. Like, I have no basis in there. Um, and I agree with the people online who's like, shouldn't he be, like, in the public domain now where anyone can make a story? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I, I'm, I'm on board with that. I'm not disagreeing with that. Uh, but at the same time, it's just like, I feel that Spider-Man should be done a very certain way. And I don't like it when he's portrayed in, in other different dumb ways. And so I will go to my deathbed saying that I much preferred the Tom Holland movies than the um, Tobey Maguire ones, which people get upset by, it seems like, online, where they continually tell me that Spider-Man 2 is the best superhero movie ever made. And I have to disagree with them every single time. But that's a hill that I will die on myself, I suppose, because that's what I like to do is fight with nerds on the internet. It's fun. I've been fighting yeah. with people uh, on the internet bringing back sarcasm because people will post something about, uh, you, know, you know, guns or something. Right, I'll, Grant, because sarcasm left. Yeah, because it's apparently the truth now. Because <laughs> hey, Yeah, yeah. Because I, I posted something like, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Let's, you know, oh, the, the, you know, that guns is a God-given right, right? And then I posted in there, you're like, yeah, uh, guns is a God-given right, but healthcare are no what cars aren't because cars weren't around when god was around so why would guns be or something weird i just mm. posted something that's like completely ridiculous and people just read the first line and got all over me yeah like i, re- well, referenced, I referenced uh the ark and aliens and all this stuff in another post and people are like you know they ripped me apart like it's sarcastic just go look at my bio you can easily tell that i'm not serious about any of this <laughs> but i made a lot of followers because they're all like yeah i like you you're bringing it back even it real <laughs> You're keeping it real. You know, the world does look flat. I bet he's right. Um, uh, well, let's end up with this. What have you been watching, Grant? Not much. Mm. To be honest, yeah. Uh, Handmaid's Tale, I guess, is what we're going to be talking about. Oh, and really? I, okay. And I've, and I've only been watching the third season. I haven't watched the first two. <laughs> Wait, why? Why, why is I, that? Of all things, did you decide to do that? Because my friends are watching it, and I just didn't want to leave the room. Oh, oh, I see. So you were watching it with friends. Yeah. You seem to be going out, uh, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and actually meeting friends in real life here recently. What's going, what's going on know. with that? Uh, Tell me more. To, uh, you want to learn how? No, well, yeah, maybe, maybe that's more to the point. How do, Grant, how, how, how do friends, how do friends make? Well, well no, like, uh, seriously, it was uh, basically a mental health decision that I could either mm-hmm. become a hermit because I have nothing to do now that my father's passed or I can reach out and actually go do things. Mm. And some of the time I'm doing stuff by myself, but I'm meeting people while I do it and, you know, have a temporary friend for a little while and have 
interesting conversations with people. I was finding for a long time, it was super easy for me to go 24 hours without using my voice. Mm. That's fucked up. And that's, that's your instrument. You need to, you need to keep that in practice or you kind of lose it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was the whole, and I found that I'm uh, happier and I'm less focused on dwelling. I still have yeah. uh, moments of depression, but overall I'm pretty good. You know, sometimes I don't know how much I, I buy into this idea anymore, but I'll ask it anyways. Like, do you consider yourself an extrovert, introvert? Like, where do you fall, do you think, in that spectrum? I'm more comfortable uh, extrovert, introvert, midvert. Yeah, I mean, there is such a thing as being an extroverted introvert. Like, that is a thing that people will talk about. Like, I like, I, it's really fun for me when I'm at, uh, if I'm with a group of, like, three people, four people, and we're amongst a bigger group. But the focus for me, is these, like, five people. I guess the best way to ask this is then, when you're out with those people, you're out with those five people, when you get home, are you, like, physically tired or are you energized from that experience? That is now a good question. If it was something that I was uncomfortable doing to begin with, like, mm. say, going to a ballet, <laughs> sure, okay. I, would, I would be exhausted. Was that an actual thing that happened or that was just a random example? It was just a random example. I mean, okay. I, nothing against the ballet. It's beautiful. And I love watching four minutes of it on YouTube. But, you know, two <laughs> but hours. A, but no. a two and a half hour thing. Nah, 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 nah. But if you took me to a warp tour, you know, I'd come back super hyped and energized. Yeah. <laughs> Watch all those bands that were relevant in the 90s. Yeah. Love me by that warp tour. Um, no, but I get it. I understand that. I, I find myself increasingly just becoming so, in fact, this is, I think I might want to go to see my doctor about this because what's been going on is that, uh, through my business and uh, kind of like you pushing myself into like meet up with friends here occasionally, I get home so incredibly tired or I'll go to a meeting at like 11 AM. I'll come back to my house and be like so spent that I have to have like a two hour nap in the afternoon just to recharge myself. It's like, oh, doing that every day seems weird that it should take that much out of me just to have a conversation for 40 minutes. Yeah, it's, it's going to be something definitely that you'd want to ask a doctorate person about because he might have experience with it. Mm. My assumption would be is that you just are sleeping when you need to sleep. I wouldn't Maybe. say you're exhausted. I'm just saying you're doing a lot. You know, and you got to <laughs> recognize that you're doing a lot, acknowledge it, and then accept when your body tells you that it's time to do the thing that is necessary, which is sleep. Yeah, I guess so. I see where uh, I'm, I'm insomniac, so I don't have that problem too often. But when I get exhausted, all of a sudden it's, you know, 10 in the morning and Grant's having a two hour nap. So, yeah, I know it's interesting. Like I've, uh, you, you talked about that often. I've, I've never been an insomniac. I, I can never be because I'm like that sleepy kitten gif where I get to like 1030 at night and I'm already like, my head is bobbing up and down as I'm trying to stay awake. Uh, now I'll sometimes still be awake at like midnight or one in the morning, but it's like, I can always fall asleep. There's just, there's no way I won't fall asleep. Um, I'm also the type of person who I can drink coffee late at night and still fall asleep and sleep like a baby. Uh, coffee doesn't seem to inhibit my sleep patterns yeah, at all. It's funny because it doesn't inhibit mine, but it will wake me up. Hmm. Interesting. It, it makes no sense, right? No. No. Um, can I tell you what I have been watching? Yeah. I am so excited to talk to you about this because I'm going to admit, say a lot of words here. And it's, Kim, and you're it's gonna... Kim's Convenience, yeah? Well, that, yes, I did. I did. I binged through that quite a bit. But no, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this. And I think you're going to be thinking I'm making this show up. 
<laughs> and you're also not going to believe that I like a reality TV show. Okay, so let be a little uh, backstory here. Uh, uh, not necessarily a friend, but an acquaintance of mine. Uh, we met up this other the other day, and they told me, "Hey, have you heard of this show called Terrace House?" Now you might think I just said terrorist house, but I did not. It's a two-syllable word, terrace, like the outdoor garden patio thing that your rich friends have. So terrace house. And it's like, first off, like, I have no idea what that is. Like, is it a gardening show? Like, that's originally what I thought it was. And they're like, no, it's a show from Japan where they just follow people in a house. I'm like, so like Big Brother? It's like, yeah, but also not at all like Big Brother. And to be honest, I was like, this sounds awful. Like, why would I ever want to watch this? He's like, well, it's on Netflix. They picked it up after it aired for like a year on Japanese television. Netflix picked it up and it's this big thing. And so like, uh, okay, whatever. So a few days go by and I'm on Netflix and lo and behold, maybe my smart speakers were listening in, but in my recommended was the show called Terrace House. I'm like, oh, he talked about that. I just, I love For, that you're saying, you're saying Terra is, I love it. Terra yeah. is, it's Terrace House. I know, but I'm Canadian. I can't seemingly say that word properly. So Terrace House, uh, it pops up in my recommended. And I'm like, okay, I'll try this. And I watch one episode. I'm like, oh, interesting. Not quite what I thought the show was going to be, but interesting nevertheless. All subtitled, of course. It's from Japan. Grant, I have blown through in the last five days, 18 episodes. <laughs> that, I cannot stop watching this goddamn show. Which is pretty fucking weird for you. Yeah, I do not. I do not get like this. It is absolutely a reality show. But I'll try to put into words why, why I think I like it. The, the biggest reason is, is that of how quiet it is. Like when you watch American... um reality tv it's just like it's loud and it's brash and they have to like reiterate what just happened five minutes ago like a, a second time and they're constantly telling you what just happened before like two minutes of action happened and it's just it's all about like eliminating people and it, i hate it like i just hate the whole thing even though i watched like the first few seasons of survivor um well i'm, I'm just i looked it up right and the first picture yeah. is them politely sitting for dinner Oh my god! The second picture yeah. is them politely sitting in front of a TV around a really nice table, a huge it's like cement table. It's exactly yeah. what it is. So, so what it is? It is technically a dating show in that they have at least the first this first season that's on Netflix. I can't, I guess, speak to the next two seasons that they have, but it's like they have three boys, three boys, three guys, three girls, all in their twenties, and. They can find love if they want to, but some, but you the, potentially you could just be there because you like want to make friends and, and be in this house. Um, and so the, yeah, they're super polite. Like it's like, hello, how are you? Like, do you drink? Like, what do you do uh, for your job? Are you seeing anyone right now? They always like to ask, are you half? Because that's really important apparently in Japan, whether you're full Japanese or not. And then it's just them existing. It's like them hanging out. Like they don't have to stay in the house. They all have jobs. So they leave to go to their jobs. They meet up again at night. They'll maybe go on a day trip with each other. If they both have a day off or something together, they have these like natural conversations and there's still drama. There is like people like decide if they like each other, but it's all like very 
sweet in Japanese where like they have to be like very polite and like ask permission and like holding hands is like the biggest deal in the world. And then occasionally what will happen, usually about two twice during the runtime, each episode's around 30 minutes, they'll smash cut over to like the hosts, which are these like six people on a couch who are now just going to talk about like what they think is going to happen. Like, why did this person do that? And they make jokes back and forth. Some of them are Japanese comedians. And it's just, I don't know. It's just a lovely sit. Like, I just love sitting there and watching these people to the point where on this, one of these last episodes, it's like, how many signals does this girl have to give to you? Obviously, she likes you. Why are you stalling for time? Like, I'm being so invested in these people's lives. And something I didn't realize, maybe spoiler for those of you who are going to start watching the show, is I didn't realize that at any time you can decide, I don't want to be in the house anymore, so I'm going to leave. And then they'll just replace you with another person. Um... And it's just, I don't know, it's just a fascinating character study to watch these people grow, learn, laugh. Uh, it's just a great time. Um, I don't necessarily know how like the show ends, like how each season wraps up and then they'll start with a brand new set of people. But like some people have left, some new people have come, like interactions have happened. It's just, I love this show, Grant. And I think more people should watch it. In fact, if you read the Wikipedia, um, apparently Netflix was shocked that anywhere outside of Japan actually liked it. They did it because uh, they could see that people loved it in Japan and thought, hey, let's buy this and have more people in Japan, like, you know, subscribe to our service. And then weirdly, Europe and in North America, it became this smash hit and they don't know why. <laughs> so they've just greenlit a, a bunch of more episodes for people to watch. Well, it's, it's, it's unique. It's something new. It's different. Uh, people forget that unique and different is important and, and very, very good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and everybody gets lost in the same let's just do the same it's just like it's it's a die hard on a bus you know and you just live in the samesies when you when you realize it could be a whole new anyways a whole new thing and that's what i know this is. i mean i'm sure in our next quarterly episode i'll have seen every all three seasons at that point i'll probably have blown through them all and uh, by, by then uh, i'll i'll have not watched anything i was gonna say you should you should watch at least the first episode and see if you like it at all uh the other show I've been watching, I was bringing this up. Were you ever a fan of the movie Dark Crystal? Uh, I've never seen it. I just knew that it was a Henson thing and it was dark. That's all I knew. Yeah, and I'm I'm a Henson fan. I will say I also, until last week, had not seen the movie The Dark Crystal. But I was like, of course, a Muppets fan. I grew up on Sesame Street. I'm still a huge fan of Fraggle Rock. I love all their creature work in like, the Star Wars franchise, etc., etc. So I'm a, I'm a Jim Henson fan. Love him. He's great. Uh, also, there's a great TV show that only lasted like 10 episodes or so called The Storyteller, which was also phenomenal that more people should have watched. Uh, that's, I actually, to tell you the truth, I hope that that's the next thing that Netflix reboots from Jim Henson because I think the storyteller would actually work a whole lot in uh, a modern day setting. Uh, anyways, I, I watched the movie for the first time and I, I've got to say that I was not that big of a fan of the movie. Uh, my friend Ethan loves it. Yeah, I mean, I could see maybe if I had seen this as a kid that I'd have like that nostalgia love for it. I just don't. I don't know. I, I think that it has problems with like the hero character. Like there's not much of a character actually there. And I think that the puppetry, uh, for the most part, is good except for the main character whose face never moves. And I think that that's weird and off-putting in a modern-day setting. So I don't know if it necessarily holds up. 
Uh, anyways, the reason why I watched it was because I knew that Netflix was making this limited series of the Dark Crystal, kind of as like a prequel to the to the movie. So I've seen the first two episodes of that, and I've got to say, so the first episode, the first half of the first episode, I also wasn't that big of a fan. I was like, ah, maybe this isn't for me. Like, maybe this, and that's okay. It's just not for me. Uh, it's not the thing that I'm going to like. But then uh, there's a plot thing that happens halfway through the first episode that kind of hooked me a little bit. And then I thought that the second episode was actually really fun and, and funny and interesting enough to like garner my attention. So I'm going to continue on with the series and see how it goes. But I'm thinking that maybe with the updated puppetry and special effects that they can use to offset it a little bit uh, with, I guess, this better filmmaking and, and, and facial controls of the puppets, I think it's just letting itself to be maybe uh, something that I can, I can like uh, as an updated version without having to like the, the previous version at all. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And you're just happy that Taron Edgerton's getting a check. Yeah, I mean, uh, my prediction of him becoming the next big thing seems to have been false, which is too bad. <laughs> I mean, Rocket Man tried; it really, really tried. Well, no, um, he, he's he's going a different direction. He's making this choice. Not, it's not Hollywood. Yeah, I think he's I guess, making I guess he's true. making a choice. He did exit, and he's like, you know what? I think I'm going this way now. He's he's going to Robert Pattinson a little bit. Gonna go. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. Go go the indie route. I will say that this does make me hopeful because. I should ask, do you know if Disney owns the Jim Henson Company or if that's a separate thing? I think like they, Disney definitely owns the Muppets. I think they own the Jim Henson Company. They could. I'll, I'll find hey, out right now. Uh, yeah, go go search it up. I mean, w- whatever the case may be, what I'm hoping is that this is a, if it does well, if this series does well, what I hope happens is that the Jim Henson Company makes new and different things but, like they use this and they don't just go like okay we're going to do this and now we're going to do fraggle rock and now we're going to do this thing from the past and we're going to do this thing again from the past it's like no let's make new and interesting stuff with puppets with that like um style and stuff like that without having to feel like they have to go back to the nostalgia wagon every single time i, I would be down for that to see more of that in different things anyways they are independent they are their own okay. thing that's what I thought. So they still help with the Muppets, but they have no, yeah, Disney is the primary stakeholder. But I, I'm thing. all for it. You know, like my, my favorite, you know, now it's uh, reused old stuff, but my favorite film property uh, franchise of the past 15 years is probably John Wick. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. So something that came out only like five years ago, right? Yeah. So it's, it's and I mean, new. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of The Raid. So basically the same. Ah. Mm-hmm. Jerk. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. I'll give you the last thing, last topic, and then we'll wrap it up. You're asking me. I, I'm so far out of the loop with the the world now. I know. Well, you can talk about anything. Anything you want. Um, okay. Let me just uh, let me just let's pull up. Uh, so it's everything so political now. I don't. You know, I just don't care. Yeah, about I know. It. I don't. I don't necessarily want to do that. And oh my, that's your penis, Grant. Come on now. No, I, th- I didn't know that it was on. It was on FaceTime. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> I really I have no idea. I haven't even thought about anything. I should have been thinking about stuff while you were. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, what, what, what? Let's enough with this here. Then I mean, we didn't really touch on it too much. But what do you think of season three of The Handmaid's Tale? It's it's good, and you know, I had to ask a couple questions throughout the first few episodes, and I basically got understood now. And so wait, they're all women? They're all men in drag. 
Right. Yeah. So wait, but, this is all Dame Edna? It What's is going all, on? I just referenced Dame Edna the other night, and nobody knew who I was talking about on Twitter. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. Well, we're old, I guess, now. It's sad. Because I was talking about, I was talking about how I get headaches when people get near my eyes, and people for some reason have been bringing up what, like, what's your worst fear lately? And I keep saying the same fear, which is walking down a dark alley or a dark room or a dark whatever, and and a hook goes in my eye, and I end up blind, and that's been my fear for you know decades. It used to be two hooks, but now my right eye is basically blind, so who cares? Now it's one hook, and people would ask me a bunch of questions, and it would eventually get to I get headaches because you know near my eyes, you know all this stuff. And makeup would come in. I'd be like, they have to makeup. People have to give me an extra half an hour or whatever of makeup time to get my yeah, eye makeup yeah. on. And there, they said, well, why don't you just do it yourself? And then we get into a. Then the whole conversation kept going. And I said, well, if I did it myself, I would just go full full Dame Edna. And uh, then no one knew. No one knew. Just crickets. <laughs> you know, uh, something that that popped up. I mean, one of the things that has always scared me for for many many years because of a very poorly. Uh, a very poor decision of watching the original It miniseries very late at night when I was like seven years old. Uh, so I was terrified of clowns. But someone made a good point here. I was listening to my brother, my brother, and me, and Justin McElroy made the comment about how I think we've gotten to a point where the true subversive movie would to be make a movie about a clown who is actually funny. Because literally every movie that's made nowadays that has a clown is it's like a creepy clown or like a disfigured clown or an angry clown. So making something where they actually told jokes and were funny would be like, whoa, this is new and weird. What what, so, what was it about, though, that uh, the it series that made you creeped out? Well, I mean, it's interesting because if you look back at it now, it's so, well, either tame and it just it doesn't necessarily hold up at all. It was honestly... Um, Oh my gosh, the the person who played Pennywise in that, uh, Mr. Frank N. Furter, whatever uh, his real name is. Curry, uh, Curry. Curry, Tim Curry. Uh, his performance, it, this creeped me out. And I think it, there was a point where like, his face becomes like super disfigured, right? And it just, ugh, I just like it. It creeped me out a lot. I also saw a Freddy Krueger movie when I was too little. And then that creeped me out too. So like knives and stuff is always squigged me out a bit too much i don't know i i watched horror movies when i was too young and now i'm afraid of everything do, do you get a, do you get afraid of the dark sometimes like if you do you have a garage uh, i don't no i uh, pure darkness yes if there's even a little bit of light no i am not scared because I, I get but this like, thing i get this thing where i'm i open the garage door right i'm going to take garbage to the garbage can open the garage mm-hmm. door and the light from the house goes into the garage and I'm fine. Yeah. And you can see the the edge, uh, the door to the outside where I'm going. It has yeah. light seeping through it. So right. it's fine. I can see that and I go. But then when I come back the other way, there's no light seeping, seeping through the door to the house. And it's just yeah, pure yeah. emptiness. And every time I do that, I think, just turn on the light before you go through it. And I don't. And I get scared on the way back. And then the, no, hook, then the hook comes into play. Always the there's hook. There is this moment. I don't know how old I would have been. I probably would have been a teenager, maybe 13 or 14. And... I honestly think that it was probably my mind literally playing tricks on me, but I was coming from, I grew up on a farm, so I was coming from the barn uh, down to the house. The house is lit up, but you've turned, I had to turn the light off from the barn and kind of walk back in the dark to the house. Uh, very natural. This always happened. We're always supposed to turn the lights off uh, in the barn when we left it. So I did that walking back and to this day, I am certain that I heard it even though my parents all think that I was making this up, that I heard 
someone just mutter something behind me. I'd like not even a recognizable word, but it was like very, it sounded human and that they were right behind me. And I ran as fast as I could to the, uh, to the house. And like, there was no one out there. Like all my siblings and my parents were inside the house and I was freaked out. Um, anyways, that's my story of <laughs> thinking that there's a mass murderer standing behind me as I walked from the barn to my house. Well, the thing that's been freaking me out lately, I'll give you a quick story. Um, I haven't told anybody really this yet. I, I did a little bit on Twitter, but it's just insane. I've been seeing a lot of coincidences lately and a lot of things that I thought happened yeah. before. So deja vu coincidences like glitches in the matrix or I'm reliving a whole day over again or somebody oh, by the way, say- matrix four coming out. Right. So, <laughs> or, or somebody is going to say something like I, I had plans with somebody and I'm like, they're going to cancel. And this is going to be the reason why I just knew it. They canceled. And that was the reason why And I'm like, fuck, fuck, God, you know? And so I'm starting to like freak out myself about all this stuff. I was at the Blues Club uh, the other day, like two in the afternoon, and I'm sitting there wearing my Lancaster, Pennsylvania shirt, which is where my mom lives. She bought it for me. This uh-huh. guy, I'm sitting on the, the deck just waiting, uh, wasting time, basically, and um, the guy, and listening to music, of course, and this guy walks out with a shirt, a very unique shirt. It's a shirt from Ebbets Field, which is a very small oh. Um, store online, not small necessarily, but they sell vintage remakes of old, like base professional baseball teams. Okay. So he's wearing a shirt, by the way, that I own from a store, very small, and he's not the target demographic. And he comes out and he goes, he just points at my shirt and he's like, "Why the fuck are you wearing that?" He's drunk. He's like 55, 60. Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, my mom lives there." She's like, "She lives there." I was born there. And then he said, t- t- like goes off and all this stuff. And then I'm like, you know that shirt you're wearing, right? And he's like, yeah. And he says the team. I can't remember the team now. He's like, yeah, I, ha- I have that exact shirt at home. Huh. So it's just stuff like that. Stuff that is not normally that big of a deal. But when it's compounded with, you know, three or four times a week, something like that happens. So now my yeah, biggest you- fear is that I'm in the Matrix. <laughs> you're the NPC character that has figured out he's an NPC character. That's great, yeah. It was great because I did have a nightmare where that was kind of what was going on, mm-hmm. where I don't normally have nightmares because I normally have lucid dreams or at least I know it's a dream. Yeah. And what I was doing was I was laying in bed and I felt this thing on my arm and all I heard was this, it was like really blurry, all this stuff going on. And they're like, I would hear, he's waking up, he's waking up. And I'm just like, oh, shoot. I mean, and it's like, just don't worry, just give him more. And then basically I would go back from like a very blurry, like scientific room back into a sleep and then back onto like a street. Uh, I've never suffered from sleep paralysis, but I have a fear of succumbing to sleep paralysis where something is happening and I can't react to it because I'm actually paralyzed. Uh, anyways, that's, that's a fear that, that, uh, that keeps me up sometimes. Yeah. There was a movie that I saw, or was it an outer limits episode where the, (laughs) the, um, the character was, uh, uh, they thought he was dead, but he was really not. And they basically started dissecting him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that freaked me out for a long time. I was something well, like 10 great. when I saw that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put you on blast here for a bit, which is not that I should be on Twitter either, but there was a little notification on my phone said that, uh, that uh, Grant has made a Twitter post. And you say, hey, Netflix, time to get Terrence Howard and six Japanese singles to live in a house together. Terrence House will be a hit. <laughs> You son of a bitch, you were making tweets while we were talking. And I'm pretty certain, by the way, the greatest part about that show would be him teaching him teaching six Japanese people how to do his math. Incredible. 
I think the best part of that show will be him telling them how to land a part in a Marvel movie and then walking away from it. Yeah, while it blows up in the background. And but I don't mean explode. I mean make millions upon billions upon trillions of dollars. That's right. And calmly walk away. Well, Grant, thank you so much for potting with me here today. Um, you can find us, I guess, at whatever pod on uh, on the Twitter. Although we don't really post much on there anymore, but you can definitely follow me personally at the Kyle Marshall. Grant, what's your Twitter? Um, Twitter.com/slash Fejimans, F-E-J-I-M-A-N-Z, or said depending upon what country you're in. I don't know what it is in Japan, though. I don't know. I I don't. I, I yes, I don't know. Probably means something very very wrong. Wouldn't it be fun if you found out that Fejimans was something in a different language that you had never known before? It would be amazing if it was only one of two things. Something Which is. something horrible or something great. <laughs> if it's boring, boring is the worst. Yeah. I believe in Chinese it means uh, Chairman Mao's penis. Well, that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It would be uh, probably not good. Because they, they're not going to wear a condom. And they're not going to tell anybody they got a disease. So that's what I'm saying. I will be calloused, I will be scarred, and I will have scabs, and I'll have drips. I wish I knew more about Mal. What's that, Mal? <laughs>